welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This'll Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. I am Rory and I am joined by my two BFFs, (laughs) Johnny and Chris. Hello. Is everything okay, Rory? You've entered this podcast with incredibly positive spirit, which is unusual. I'm feeling good, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I might be losing my mind. It's because you got a vaccine He's appointment. He's got that sweet vaccine yeah. appointment, doesn't he? He sees the light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. Uh, just pure excitement for having get so close to getting vaccinated. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's been an incredibly busy couple of weeks, and I think I'm just going a bit manic. But, uh, yeah. Well, today, today of release day is the 6th of April, guys, and it's Tartan Day. That's what I'm super excited about, and that's what we're going to be talking right. about is Tartan Day, Tartan Week, and Scots Week. But I think before we get into that, uh, from this week, I think we've got a couple of Scottish celebrity birthdays that we wanted to give a shout out to. Yeah, we do. We do. Two biggies today. First one is uh, Angus Young, the lead guitarist uh, who dresses like a schoolboy from ACDC. Um, We're recording this on uh, March 31st, I should have said. Happy birthday to Angus. He is one of Scotland's greatest musicians, and he is definitely not Australian, seeing as he spent (laughs) the first few years of his life in Scotland. And for the record, ACDC is a Scottish-slash-British band, and we'll definitely be doing an episode on them at some point. And furthermore, we invented most of Australia. So you're welcome, <laughs> Australia. And I'm sorry, New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on any of that, especially the disclaimer at the end. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Angus. Also, in a weird coincidence this week, I read a story that uh, Koala Tartan has been registered with the Scottish Register of Tartans this week. And celebration of koalas. I hope that's high high quality. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I don't. I haven't really uncovered why. Beyond, it seems to be a sort of celebration of the koala, a much loved Australian icon. Is it made out of koalas? Ooh. I, I pres- presume so. <laughs> no, it's not. It's made. Out, it's made in the. <laughs> It's in, I think it's inspired by the colours of koalas as opposed to being made of koalas. What, grey? I mean... Yeah, it's basically grey. And then they've sort of shoehorned in green because they live in eucalyptus trees. And they've all got chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely festering with it. <laughs> I, I heard this on the radio and I thought it was a really odd. Do you story. remember when uh, One Direction went and met, met a bunch of koalas and then it came out that koalas carry chlamydia and all the One Direction fans went bananas because they thought Harry Styles was going to get chlamydia? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably going to get it another way, ladies. Yeah, he's already got it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but that's an amazing story. Just a panic flying through 12-year-old girls who Louis! also probably have to Louis! have to Google 
what chlamydia <laughs> is and just seeing some horrendous pictures online. Yeah. Then how do you Ugh. how do you spell chlamydia? <laughs> <laughs> All right, who who else's birthday was the, it? The other birthday we need to celebrate is our pal Ewan McGregor, who turned fifty today. Today, the wow. day of recording, not the day of release, apparently. Um, so he's been in front of mind recently because we've talked a lot about train spotting and <laughs> various other things. Yeah. So happy birthday, Ewan! Yeah, he looks incredible for fifty. He looks he really good, does. He? he really does. He's full Hollywood, isn't he? You McGregor, who is universally liked by everybody on this podcast, just you know, all all three of us, Listen, massive I don't supporters dis- and fans of him. I don't dislike you and McGregor. I, dis- <laughs> I dislike him? his films. I I think everything's been downhill since Train Spotting. So prove me wrong. Name a film that's better that he's done that's better than Train Spotting. Uh, there was that weird, boring one with with Scarlett Johansson where they, I think they were clones. That was uh, Natalie Portman, actually. That's it's the Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was. There was a lot of clones in that. Yeah. What about? Wasn't they in? Um, what was that one called? Salmon fishing in the Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> as if I, as if I'd watched that. <laughs> that shite. Well, there's your homework this week. <laughs> there's that other one where he's uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan playing a Tony Blair knockoff and Ewan McGregor is the ghostwriter yeah. for his biography so I think that one was directed by like Michael Bay or somebody I'm assuming <laughs> these are all excellent films <laughs> the, book of, I mean. the book of that's actually pretty good the film is uh, shit <laughs> I, I had not read the book probably never will but that doesn't take away from uh, Many happy returns to him. He's uh, he's had a heck of a career, and uh, I guess we'll be doing his obituary podcast in about forty-four <laughs> years, roughly, give or take. Probably do his episode closer to when the Obi Wan Kenobi TV show is coming out. You know, ride that wave, see if we can get some accidental clicks and ex- accidental downloads. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on board with that. Yeah. Happy birthday, you, and good good luck in all your future endeavors. I hope you make a good film one day that <laughs> one Chris will day. enjoy. <laughs> you know, so this, this episode is going to be a bit different because what we did was actually interviewed somebody in relation to Tartan Day. And so this is going to be a short section of the, the, the podcast with just us talking giving you a bit of information and then we're going to go into the interview in the second half of this but uh before i tell you some more info on tartan day uh we're going to take a another rummage in the sporran because we we had a, a quick little fiddle in there last week <laughs> i think we're going to have a bit of a bit more of a rummage yeah this week yeah uh wait this is uh the as you would uh say the second ball dropping out of the sporran this week yeah. with part two i managed to scoop out the first one last week uh, and here's part two. Um, so I'll kick it off with our pal Tim, Tim the Wrestler. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. He's a top reader, top reader. Have you ever heard of Scottish backhold wrestling? Is it popular at all in Scotland or in the States? And what's the history behind it? Do you guys know what backhold wrestling is? I have never heard that phrase before, I don't think. <clears throat> Rory? It's, it sounds sexy. I'll say that. <laughs> it's kind of sexy, actually, in a way. Um, you guys have probably seen it at the Highland Games. If I could, in the easiest way to describe it, is uh, two guys uh, standing 
you know, as you would face to face, like they're doing Greco-Roman wrestling. The only difference is that they have their arms both locked around each other, and you can't oh, let go. Yes. Um. The it basically involves two wrestlers taking hold of each other. Um. They they put it right round each other's back. The wrestler then attempts to trip or throw each other while maintaining the hold, and the first to touch the floor with any part of the body except the feet or to break the hold uh, loses. You said you said this was Highland Game. This was done at the Highland Games, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's mostly done at, at Highland Games. It's also done in apparently country shows in Northern England quite a lot. I think I saw this when we we did our Highland Games episode. I, I feel one of the videos I watched showed a bit of this. This sounds very very familiar. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The I mean, and traditionally you would wear it with a t-shirt and a kilt, you know, as you would with most uh, Highland Games. Um, Tim actually, who went into long, painstaking detail about uh, the different wrestling uh, styles that he's done, I'm not going to read out his whole uh, thing. Uh, because I'm beginning to get a feeling that Tim has a lot of time in his hands. <laughs> I mean, his novels are amazing, but uh... they're very entertaining. Please keep them coming, Tim, yes. because they are brilliant. They're incredibly funny. He asked, he inquired about whether uh, he, we could hook him up with a bit of swag, maybe if he did something like a future. Uh, back called wrestling tournament if we could give him a this will do nicely t-shirt which i think we may do depending on if he ever you know we, we can ever figure this is that our out our first um commercial sponsorship deal coming out of this uh that's the plan yeah yeah we were talking offline about getting him a this will do nicely unitard he politely declined the unitard but he oh. i think oh so i went oh. and thought about oh. the t-shirt I have an idea. What we could do is order 500 t-shirts and get him to pay at cost. And then <laughs> he could sell them at the event. And I like this. We take a split. That's a great idea. I like this a lot. I like the idea of some sort of Thistle Do Nicely sponsored wrestling event. That sounds a lot of fun. I'm, I mean, surely Drew McIntyre would be down for that. Like... Yeah, I don't. I mean, we can get Tim and Drew to fight each other. Drew McIntyre did a hype video for the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team earlier today, which Mm. I saw, and I'm (laughs) not happy with that. Like, I don't know why. (laughs) So I've. I know you're pretty hurt by that. I'm feeling a bit conflicted about (laughs) Drew right now, to be honest. I mean, fucking Tampa. Um, so, you know, this is the beginning of a long storyline. Uh, Tim is now uh, rocketed to the top of the charts as my favourite wrestler. Part uh, second question from uh, from our old pal Sally. Oh, Sally can say Sally, Sally, Mustang Sally, <laughs> lay down, Sally. <laughs> she knows it's too late as she's walking on by. Oh, I feel Sally. so bad for her. Yeah, <laughs> Sally's always in touch. It's like every week we to be fair, Sally. Sally asked these questions at the same time, but I thought I would uh, split okay. them up. Um, <laughs> she's not like constantly getting in touch with me. She's not. She's got a life. All right. She, but she asks. <laughs> she asks good questions. Um, this question is is nice. Uh, are there any uniquely Scottish foods that you want your mum to make for you when you're back in Scotland? Oh. Or I'll branch this out I mean, to, are there, say... are there any foods as well that you like to kind of go and get when you're in Scotland as well? Yeah, I mean, Tannock's tea cakes are immediate. And and these aren't uniquely Scottish, but a, a good bacon roll and uh, Ooh, yeah. a good sausage supper. Mm. But what is probably uniquely Scottish is a roll and square sausage. Ooh. Oh, yes. Which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And a potato a scone. Show. 
aka Tati's gone. Those those are probably um, the ones that I really crave and I miss a lot. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, I think that's a good show. I, I mean, none of those things I think my mum would necessarily make, but they are the things I feel like mm. I would seek out when I go back home. I think the fish and chips thing's interesting. I mean, it's maybe not unique to Scotland. It's more like a British Isles kind of yeah. thing. But I did. I mean, the last time I went back, the when I had to quarantine, like the first night I was allowed out of quarantine, I went and got got, got a sausage supper. Cause it was, <laughs> yeah, of course. I actually also in quarantine, my parents had very kindly driven to where I was and left a uh, like a fish supper on the doorstep <laughs> before I was really allowed nice. out. And it was just like being brought back to life. It was amazing. Yeah. So I think yeah. those kind of like quite. Uh, basic but brilliant things yeah, are usually pretty good. I, I I have a theory that you you always feel that you're the best fish and chips you've ever had in your life is the fish and chips you've had from your local. So fish and chips is always a must. I like my mum's uh, mince hot pot that she makes, and this isn't a Scottish thing, but um, Percy Pigs. Oh yeah gelatin delight from marks and spencer basically mm-hmm. anything from marks and spencer which is uh just <laughs> yeah. an, a phenomenal store I, I can't believe it never came i do think here. going back to the go, on the bacon thing it's funny i was yeah. talking to my mom about bacon the other day saying like you can just about get it here but you've kind of got to seek it out because i think in the states a lot of it's that sort of long streaky bacon yeah. whereas like yeah. if you get a bacon roll in scotland it's more like um like back bacon, you know, with a b- more meat and less fat, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. They call it Canadian bacon here. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, the bacon we incredible. usually have is Danish bacon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. So, uh, I, yeah. so for for fish suppers, I, the the place, the only place I found like a really good one, and Johnny, you'll know this is my local Eastwood in the Lower East Side. I'm just going to plug them because they're incredible. <laughs> But they're half Israeli, half Scottish is their cuisine. Um, and they do an incredible fish and chips. Like, really good batter. The chips are amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'll back you up on that. I mean, amazing yeah. place that I've found through you, basically. But they yeah. also, I mean, we've talked about it before, but we've had Burns Nights there that have yeah. really gone to town on, like, you know, a piper being there and piping out the haggis and all sorts. So, brilliant. If you're in New York, check yeah, it out. Yeah, that's... Uh, Eastwood Bar on East Broadway in Clinton. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> the best fish and chips I've ever had in the US was actually in Connecticut, and it was a Pakistani... Uh, it was a curry shop, but it was run by a Pakistani family that used to live in Scotland. And it was as, ah, it was as close nice. to anything that I'd, ha- I'd had in Scotland. It was amazing. I couldn't tell you the name of it to save my life, but it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and That's everything else has just been shit ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is we probably need to open our chip, own chippy. Yeah. Either in New York or Virginia. Okay, I'm into it. Fish will do nicely. There it is. Yes! Yes! <laughs> do this. So yes, Sally, that, to answer your question, that's, uh, that's that. Um, third question. You guys might know a little bit more about this than I do, given the Dundee background die asks what's the deal with ur willy ah oh, we should do an episode on ur willy yeah yeah we will. at some point in time he 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 started off in a newspaper i, I think started in the history. sunday he's, post he's a, sunday post sunday, comic strip yeah. in the 1930s he's a he's a cartoon character who sits on he's famous for wearing a pair of dungarees and sitting on a bucket basically yeah and he started as a small strip in the in the post and then over the years, it's turned into like 
Like they make an annual every year, I think. Still, mm-hmm. like I used to get it they in do, a Christmas they, stocking they every year. The annuals, the they annual. do it every two years with the Bruins. So the Bruins one year and then they were Willie the next year. That's right. Yeah, which is another famous comic strip uh, from the Sunday Post. Sunday Post has a lot of them. Yeah, I loved it. Like Willie was. Like there's photos of me dressed up as a Willie sitting on a bucket, like that tar- sort of thing. When I'm when a wee boy, like I loved him. Fun fact about Willie. Um, so it first uh, came out in the 1930s. The strips were considered so morale boosting during the Second World War that the cartoonist Dudley Watkins wasn't allowed to enlist. He had to keep drawing. Uh, what? For that really? Moment. Just to make sure? Yeah. Wow. wow. And Willie apparently was very successful at t- like poking fun at the Nazis at the time. Um, so all right. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't know why. Uh, that's brilliant. So yeah, that's what Willie is. But I'm sure we'll get into an episode on that and all the uh, successful cartoons that have come out of Dundee over the years. Yeah. Because yeah. it's still a big part of Dundee, and we briefly alluded to it during our Grand Theft Auto episode. If you, uh, yeah, listen to that, I'd say I think we we, we think we're eventually going to do Scots language as well. And I think if you're interested in Scots as a language, it's an easy way to get into it and read about it. The, I don't, I literally don't remember any of the Bruins or Urwilly adventures. They were almost like soap operas. They were just stories of their life. Mm. But hugely comforting and entertaining as well. So yeah, I would definitely recommend finding them and having a wee read of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, just to cap off, a uh, couple of little reviews that we've got off of Twitter, guys. Uh, one really nice one <laughs> this morning from Kristen, uh, who said, "These guys, uh, three emojis with uh, the sunglasses and the smiley face." After that, so one for everyone. I'm the middle one, obviously. Uh, The readers love them. Thanks for joining me in the shower every day, guys. Uh, Great start to my mornings. Always good banter. And then she said, just the perfect amount of sweary. Hashtag mums. (laughs) That's great. Excellent hashtag there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Thanks. I think Kristen is a Scot living in the US. I couldn't quite tell from her Twitter account, but... Anyway, so that's Sporin. The Sporin is officially empty. Oh, I like it. Uh, it was some great thanks, everybody, for yeah. for writing in and tweeting and everything else. I'd say, yeah, so this we're on Instagram, ThistleDoPod on Instagram, at ThistleDoPod on Twitter. We are on TikTok. Facebook. We're not on no, TikTok, TikTok just yet. Just yet. We're on Facebook. I can't remember what that is, but just look for Thistle Do Pod on Facebook. Can't remember. I'm. I'm really. I really hate the Facebook interface. So it's you're. You're lucky to get replies from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks rough. I had to log in the the other day for something, and it was not fun. Email is at Thistle Do Pod. Is it at Thistle Do Nicely Pod or at Thistle Thistle Do Nicely Pod at gmail.com? Pod at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks. That's the one. <laughs> we get there together, you know, it's a team effort. We're all in this together. <laughs> and we're now on YouTube. Uh, slowly, episodes are appearing on YouTube. We're going through the back catalog. It will take a while to catch up, but. If for whatever reason you decide you want to to listen to it on YouTube, there's no there's no like video or anything with it. There's a couple of images, but that's it. It's nothing exciting. But yeah, I I I figure we can take this moment to like encourage. I mean, look, readers, we don't ask you for anything. <laughs> All we do is give. So maybe just take a moment and write a little review for us. Give yeah. us five stars on Apple 
or, you know, follow us or, or recommend us to a friend. Just do whatever, you know, you feel to, to give back to the community that has embraced you, you know, so warmly recently. <laughs> so, much, so much love from you this week, Rory. I'm really digging it. I'm into it. It doesn't take you fuckers much to write <laughs> five-star review so you just better do it all right because i'm sick of looking at the same same number of people having reviewed it we want more we want dominance look have have a few drinks and then just write something really obnoxious or filthy or offensive but just write something and then give us five stars that's all we're asking yeah please (laughs) okay now that we're done with all that nonsense it was a lot of fun i enjoyed the spawn today Guys, are you excited about Tartan Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So today, as of release date, is the 6th of April, which is a very special day around the world for, you know, expat Scots or people of Scottish descent. It is Tartan Day. Is it a thing everywhere? Is it like... Well, all, it's growing. All over the world? It is growing. It's in places. It's in random places like Argentina, apparently. Um, it's in Canada, it's in the US, uh, but it is growing year by year. It is becoming more of a thing in Scotland, but we'll, we'll get to that in a week. Sort of like um, COVID in the early stages. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, right but now it's, it's spreading like slower. In, a, in, the, in the Wuhan uh, wet market right now. Market. But it's coming for you. Give it a year and we're going to be wrapped in tartan. It's coming everywhere. for you. <laughs> <laughs> And there ain't no vaccination for this <laughs> there's a there's, there's a koala tartan variant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so basically it's a week-long series of events that celebrate Scottishness and tartanness and, and everything. Oh, I the newish. One of the biggest events that happens is the New York City Tartan Day Parade, which tends to happen on the Saturday after Tartan Day. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about a bit of the parade. And like I said, at the end of this episode, you're going to have an we're going to have an interview with the president of the National Tartan Day New York Committee, Kyle Dawson. So look forward to that. Uh, so I'm going to give a little bit of background of where it came from. So April 6, 1320, that's how far back we're going. King Robert I of Scotland, a.k.a. Robert the Bruce, a.k.a. Braveheart, as we discovered in episode two, I think, of our, our podcast. He is the actual true Braveheart. Um, him and a group of Scottish noblemen signed what can best be described as one of the first declarations of independence in the Western world. It was the the Declaration of Arbroath. Um, and so basically this this document uh, was sent to the Pope and it said that the, the Scots effectively were an independent country, a sovereign state that would defend themselves with military force if needed. And it was, you know, during the wars of independence, it was during the multiple battles that we had um, with the English and, and the, 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 Documents pretty long and elaborate, and we may eventually do an episode on it. But the point is that it's us basically standing up for ourselves for one of the, the first times and saying, like, this is it officially. Um, we are Scotland. We are independent. Everybody else can go fuck themselves. Um, we've, been, we've been independent ever since, haven't we? So that's, yes, uh, I believe that's so. Not been an issue at all in Scottish politics nope. or life <laughs> ever. 
I didn't see anything in my research about anything otherwise. I think that was it after that. So Thank God for that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So obviously that date holds some importance in Scottish history. So we then fast forward to, you know, beyond the Highland Clearances, Scottish people traveling all over the world and populating and inventing everything in the world and go back to every other episode to find out how great we are and how we've just done everything good for the, the, the entire globe. And we go to March 9th, 1986. Uh, and there's a meeting of the Federation of Scottish Clans in Nova Scotia, Canada. So we're back to our Canadian cousins who we just owe so much to. <laughs> they show up all the time on this podcast. Yeah, they're, I mean, we've got such significant ties to that country. It's not surprising, but these guys, I mean, Nova Scotia, it is New Scotland. It is um, highly populated by, by the Scots or people of Scottish descent. So Gene Watson, the president of Clan Lamont at the time, uh, proposed that April 6th be an annual celebration of Canadian Scottish heritage and for it to be known as Tartan Day. Thanks, Jean. Yeah, she's she's a hero. We'll get back to her for a second. She's still around. So they put forward this motion that says uh, that we establish a day known as Tartan Day. This to be a day chosen to promote Scottish heritage by the most visible means, the wearing of Scottish attire, especially in places where the kilt is not ordinarily worn, i.e. work, play, or worship. So just a day where you wander around and you're wearing tartan, you're wearing a kilt, and you're just like, I'm Scottish, deal with it. I love it. I love the idea of it. Very simple, very basic. So over the next 10 years, every province in Canada adopted April 6th as Tartan Day. Every every province except for Quebec. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So Quebec held out until 2003, where they finally accepted La Jeux de Tatin. <laughs> Just very Quebecian. We will adopt. We will adopt this day when we feel like it, but we do not feel like it right now. <laughs> okay, now we feel like it, but not because everyone else is having all this fun. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find any legit reason why they held out that long. I do think it was just like no, 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 not yet. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So this is now. It's a big day in Canada, all over Canada. It took up until two thousand three for it to be every province. And Jean Watson, she is still and has been known as the mother of Tartan Day. Brilliant. And you know we love our mums here in this this show. So uh, hashtag mums. Hashtag mums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Jean Watson. Uh, so in the US, it was the Scottish Coalition of Saratoga in Saratoga, Florida, Sarasota, Florida, in 1997 started the push to have Tartan Day recognized in America. It took them about a year. So in 1998, the coalition was able to get the Senate to adopt a resolution to mark April 6th National Tartan Day in the US. So Trent Lott, who was a senator most influential in the movement, um, said that Tartan Day was to recognize the outstanding achievements and contributions made by the Scottish Americans to the United States. And during this time, they were mentioning things like the Scottish Founding Fathers, something like nine out of 13 of the the Founding Fathers come from Scotland or are of Scottish descent. There's a strong suggestion that the Declaration of Our Broth was the sort of basis for the Declaration of Independence, that sort of thing. So, you know, as we know, and one of the reasons that we do this podcast is 
you know, the strong influence that Scotland had on America, North America, and all that type of thing. And it was just great to kind of hear about it, discuss in the Senate, and then it kind of be recognized through Tartan Day. March 9th, 2005, the, the same... I don't really know how this quite works. I thought they went through Congress, then Senate, but it was apparently recognizing Congress that Tartan Day is a national day that was that took until 2005. But hmm. um, So the bill passes in 1998 uh, in the Senate. In 1999, two pipe bands and a small group of Scottish Americans marched from the British consulate to the UN building in New York. And that was the first ever Tartan Day Parade, which which is kind of impressive that they would do that. You know, it's 1999. They've got like the, the fear of Y2K looming over their heads. And <laughs> yet still, they're able to take the time to celebrate Scottishness. But there's <laughs> only people thinking of Y2K in April 1999. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The QAnon of its day. <laughs> yeah, I think it definitely was. Maybe, maybe that gave them the push they needed. They were like, well, the yeah. world's ending anyway, so let's we got to parade. we yeah. got to celebrate Scotland before. If we don't do it now, Gene, the then we're never going to be able sky. to do it ever. <laughs> All the computers are going to blow up. Get the pipes. The Quebecis have already said no. We can't have the Americans say no as well. <laughs> so... National Tartan Day New York Committee was founded in 2002, so a few years later, after they survived Y2K, obviously. (laughs) The activities have grown over the years to such an extent that it's now known as Tartan Week, because it's not just one day, it's not just one event, it's all these other events that surround it. Does the parade still take that same route from the embassy to the UN? Uh, No, it now goes down... uh, Fifth, it's done. Avenues in America is Fifth Avenue, right? No, it's Sixth Avenue. And that's Sixth Avenue. Okay, then it's just Sixth Avenue they do. Right. That's basically where all the parades are, anyway. I mean, like, that's yeah, the, the parade route for everything. Yeah, and you know they have like pipe bands, they have dancers, they have all these Scottish societies, they have even like groups of um, people bringing like all their Scottish terriers or West Highland terriers. There's thousands of people turn up and either you know parade themselves or spectate. I, I mean, there's been tens of thousands of people spectating. Uh, everybody kind of wears kilts or gets dressed up in tartan, waves Scottish flags, all that type of thing. It's pretty spectacular and pretty cool and a bit weird as a Scotsman living in New York, seeing it. One of the, the the main attractions, I guess, of the event is that they always have a celebrity of some sort as their Grand Marshal. The first ever Grand Marshal was Cliff Robertson. Oh, Cliff. Yes. Uh, he was Uncle Ben from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. He's done other things, but that's how you guys might remember him. Right. He, I was suspicious because I was like, he's, he's not, he's not Scottish and he's not, but his grandmother was, and he was raised by his grandmother who was very Scottish. So he was incredibly proud of his Scottish heritage. And so that's why he was one of the first people to get involved in it. Uh, So it makes sense. But since then they have had, uh, you know, Brian Cox, Alex Ferguson, Alan Cumming, the Outlander guy, was it like Sam Huguenot? Huge and Hugen. we should know this. I don't. It's like the, Billy that, Connolly, that like all oh. saying Street Fighter when you fire the ball. Hey, Hugen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Katie Tungso, all that type of thing. 
2002, the Sean Connery one, when he was Grand Marshal, it was the New York Tunes of Glory Parade, and it was apparently the greatest parade of pipe bands and uh, sorry, pipes and drums ever seen, and it included eight thousand <laughs> pipers and drummers. Oh man, that must have been a real noise. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, but it stretches all the way down the avenue. So I don't know if they were say, playing the same tune, but. I mean, I, I've been to like uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans and it's the same thing. Like every float plays a different song and it just becomes this cacophony. But it is cool if you find a good spot and just have them pass you and play the different songs. So I can imagine it was it was a lot of fun for the apparently 70,000 spectators. Wow. So, well, yeah. It was so big. Main question is, do they have a leader lined up for this year, Rory? Because I, I hope you're heading there because we're all available. <laughs> <laughs> well, this year is going to be virtual, uh, like last we'll year. We'll still take it. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think now that we've got our foot in the door with Kyle, I think we're probably shoo-ins for next year. Definitely okay. a three-man grand marshal. Um <laughs> We'll treat it like, you know, um, a Megazord from uh, Power Rangers. We can just get on each other's <laughs> shoulders. I've got an image in my head of, like... <sighs> Probably me. Us, us got a bad being back. told that they're going to be the Grand Marshal for the next year and then doing what they do in Mardi Gras and the Shetland um, Festival where we just take a whole year to make our costume. It's just incredibly, <laughs> incredibly elaborate. Like we, we didn't ask him to do any of this stuff. I don't know why it took so long. They quit their jobs to do this. Why is it? Why is it a Tyrannosaurus Rex? It's, could you at least have put it's a, a kill on it or something? It's cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, but what a show it would be! Think how how proud the mums would be if that happened. Oh god, it'd be incredible. We'd have just make it like shoot fire from its mouth and everything. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole thing looks pretty cool. You know, the, the, so Billy Connolly, I believe, was the Grand Marshal for 2019. 2020 was unfortunately cancelled, like everything else in 2020. 2021 is the same. So it is going to be virtual. And I'll talk about how you can kind of get involved and how you can see it in a wee bit. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to next year now. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, this sounds pretty fun. It sounds like a cool event. Like there's some pretty impressive. There's bands. There's Kayleys. There's talks. There's dinners. All sorts of stuff. It's not just the parade itself. It is something that happens kind of the entire night. And like I said, you can listen to our interview at the end of this, and and Kyle talks a wee bit more about it. So in addition to to this is the East Coast, and we've got our can- Canadian. Uh, events that are happening as well the west coast they have just last year started what is called scott week so this is founded in la every april they host a program of events that promote scottish culture and excellence and and similar to the parade this year their their events have been virtual as well so i would definitely check that out that's got more it seems like it's more of a slant towards business and you know it's it's la as good looking as kyle was the la people are just better looking because that's what they are (laughs) on the west coast that's why we all live in the east coast there's also the american scottish foundation which has a lot of events and like i said earlier i mentioned it's it's starting to take root around the world so the scottish argentinian society organizes an annual celebration on tartan day 
they have apparently like 100,000 people of Scottish descent. So it's something that is taking off in Argentina, Argentina a little bit. I'd go and to it's the that. same sort of setup. I'd, I'd definitely go to that. I think it's just people going out and having a party in Tartan, which sounds phenomenal. Parting in Tartan. Parting in Tartan. So the Australians do do International Tartan Day and it is recognized there, but they do it a little bit different. They do it on July 1st. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they make it out of koalas uh, so they've been doing it since like 1989 the reason they do July 1st is because <laughs> it's the closest it gets to Scottish weather <laughs> is that the day that ACDC were available <laughs> <laughs> no it's the so during the Highland Clearances Tartan was banned in Britain and when that law was rescinded was July 1st blah 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 year i just can't remember the details of it and i didn't write them down uh, so that's when australia do it so it, it makes sense when they do it but again it's the same sort of setup like everybody goes to work or school or whatever with a bit of tartan on it and then at home in scotland the angus council like the council of the area angus who you know i feel i should be the leader of these days but <laughs> that's a story for another day established tartan day celebrations in 2004 and have been trying to make it global so they're the guys at home that are kind of pushing it to make it more of a thing in more countries which is great i do think we're getting a little bit big for our boots we've got like st andrew's day we've got burns night we've got hogmanay now we're pushing for tartan day but you know yeah a lot of days screw it yeah i do wonder though if we need to kind of consolidate consolidate those days into one mega day and uh you know, really take the Irish on. I say we do it March 16th, actually. Do it the day before St. Patrick's Day and really get in their face, especially if we get the week off. <laughs> so. What, just so we've got, they've all got hangovers for yeah. Paddy's Day? Exactly. Exactly. Like Let's do it. I bet you we could get the Quebecois involved and, uh, well, Australia can eat <laughs> July 1st, but, uh, you know, they can do their own thing. Well, the three of us can go to three different parts of, like, we can go to Nova Scotia, we can go to Australia, we can go to... Argentina. I'll do Argentina. Shotgun. Argentina. Yeah. All right. And then we can just dominate. Yeah, let's just... I, I want to I wanna grow this, but... Okay, so if you are wanting to check it out this year, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I'm just going to rattle off some websites and stuff you check out. So there's, like, nyctartanweek.org. There is scotsweek.org and there's they're, they're the two main websites where you can see the events that are happening. Most of them are going to be free. There are some events with certain speakers that you're going to have to pay a little bit for. Uh, I think you're looking at like $20, $25 for hours of uh, Zoom and virtual events that you can attend. But check out the websites. You can check out the details. On Instagram, you can go to at NYC Tartan Week. Um, you can also look for that on Facebook. And in addition to that, basically, if you follow the hashtag NYCTW, you'll find a lot of the information. So I would I would go onto those websites, check it out, check it out on the social medias as well, see what you're interested in, and you know, just wear a bit of tartan on the six, um, have a wee Kaylee, or just sit and have a dram of whiskey and think about all the great things that Scottish people have done for you and, you know, <laughs> the world. <laughs> As if anyone needs any excuse to sit and have a drink at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
you know, Tartan Day would be an excellent day to sit and write a review about your favourite Scottish podcast. It's a great idea. That is, um, and if your favourite Scottish podcast is the Scottish History Podcast, then write a review <laughs> about your second favourite Scottish podcast. <laughs> I like that catch-all. That's that's good. Uh, what are you boys going to do for Tartan Day, Tartan Week? I'm going to be dyeing my kilt um, the grey colour of a koala. Um, like just it. to you know, represent further around the world, and then wear it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to Excellent. probably be prank calling uh, people in Quebec about Y2K. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're phoning from 1999. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Bonjour. Sava. <laughs> okay. I mean, like that's it. Everybody, go and check it out. You'll enjoy it, and you know, stay tuned i don't know what people say in podcasts keep on listening for the (laughs) interview that we do with kyle dawson the president of the national tartan day new york committee he is a lovely lovely man chris and i interview him because johnny couldn't be bothered that's not true he was otherwise disposed uh <laughs> no you should you should check it out it's uh it's pretty interesting he's he's a good guy he talks about his ancestry his connection to scotland he's a pipe player and and a lot of information about the parade itself so uh i'd highly recommend listening to that with that this will do lads this will do nicely Hi. Hello. Yeah, how are we doing guys yeah, good how are you how are you doing kyle i'm good i'm good everything's working perfectly here so i don't have to worry about not yeah kyle i mean i'm so i'm rory obviously as it says and this is chris hey uh from what i can see you came to your scottish heritage a little bit later in life so we'd love to know yep you know all all about that so please go ahead and just give us a bit of an introduction about yourself um okay yeah i started getting into my scottish heritage uh i was probably about 38 years old uh looked into different things uh always wanted to play the bagpipes but never really followed through with anything and then you know i guess hit 38 ish and decided to have a midlife crisis (laughs) i didn't have the money to buy a hot rod so i bought a kilt and started wearing kilts around and uh then decided to pick up the pipes when i had turned it was about a month before i turned 40 oh nice interesting yeah. Did you do like ancestry.com or something like that? Or did, did a family member yeah. sit you down and have the talk? Well, my, my grandfather always talked about our uh, Scottish connections and such. Right. Uh, my family is, we're like five generations here in the state. So it's like, we're here a long time. We're early 1600s uh, settlers in Delaware area. So um, our Scottish connections go back pretty far, but most of my my family and everything's here how many generations back did you manage to trace uh to five so steve are you say five or six okay yeah so sort of right right up to the whatever generation was on before the boat basically yep yep right around the the uh uh, 1500s into the 1600s in inverness and aberdeen uh and then uh over here to delaware and, and everything throughout delaware very cool and into Jersey and some Pennsylvania. And- you know, that's five generations. There's got to be some other bits and pieces thrown in there as well, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm only about 38% Scottish, according to uh, uh, the whole DNA sure. and stuff. So what, what, what appealed to you in terms of like the heritage? Why did you, why did you get more into it than I guess others would? Um, like I, I've, I've, uh, I've looked at other things. I have a little bit of French and uh, a little bit of German as well. Some English, some Irish, uh, Scandinavian area, uh, mm-hmm. countries. I like 12% Scandinavian. Um, nothing really uh, spoke to me, really. You know, you, you try all these things out and nothing really just like, sure. hits you. I like the idea of you like wearing lederhosen for a week and just being like, nah, <laughs> not for me. Right. Yep, I've done it. Uh, I did the whole Oktoberfest thing. Uh, of course, you know we like to drink, but did the Lederhosen thing. It was it was fun. Just it wasn't it wasn't a kilt. It yeah. wasn't doesn't give you the just the whole whole feeling the freedom that a kilt does, right? That's true. Leather Lederhosen are a bit yeah, rough. very sweaty, very <laughs> very chafing. Yeah, yeah. So you you live in New York, right, or around this area? Yep. Nope. I'm right in Manhattan. I mean, I just, I love the idea of you taking up bagpipes later on in life, living in Manhattan. I don't really know how you, you would do that considering like if I fart too loud, my neighbors complain about it. (laughs) So I actually, I picked up bagpipes when I lived in Ah. Jersey. Uh, I moved into Manhattan about six years ago. Do do you have to bribe your neighbors occasionally? (laughs) I don't actually, surprisingly, uh, I haven't had any complaints, honestly. Um, I used to be on the fourth floor of the building that we're in now, and uh, I used to pipe it just like in the back bedroom, which is open to kind of like a courtyard area yeah. with the windows you can look out into a courtyard. Uh, but I, I never had any complaints. And every once in a while, I'd pipe up on uh, First Avenue for the marathon would come through. So I'd, I'd be up there on First Avenue uh, piping there and neighbors would come by. Are you the guy that pipes <laughs> down the road? We hear you practicing <laughs> all the time. But nobody ever complains. <laughs> then two years ago, we moved down to the first floor. So I got a backyard now. And I, I go out once in a while in the backyard and I'll play out in the back. And typically people are just looking out the window or, or, or videotaping with their, their cell phones or what have you. And But I don't get many complaints. That's right. Uh, and this past year, um, with the whole pandemic, I was out at 7 o'clock every single night piping nice. on uh, York Avenue, First Avenue. Uh, and got a lot of people, uh, compliments and, and a lot of people asking, when are you coming out again? Will you be out here tomorrow? I want to bring my friends by. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. There's a, a great, I'm not going to lie. I was obviously Googling you, uh, to, to prep for this a wee bit, but, um, I saw that great video of you in the snow in the middle of the street piping. Oh. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was actually done. That wasn't even supposed to happen. That was um, Shot of Scotch is a, a Highland dance troupe here in New York City. Uh, and they asked me to do something Scottish <laughs> for their holiday party. And I'm like, for their, their video they're doing, I'm like, Scottish. I don't know. Like, uh, do you want me to pipe or something? She goes, no, well, we're going to have music over it. But if you could like just walk down the street in your kilt with your pipes, like that would be cool. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, they were right. <laughs> you know, not like, what, if, what am I going to do? So then it was, it, we, it was snowing and I'm like, Oh, you know what? There's a 73rd between second and third is uh they light yeah. that street up with Christmas lights every year. So I'm like, why don't I walk up in the middle of that? That's that hits like the whole Christmassy thing that hits the Scottishy thing. That's like, 
it's perfect, you know? And uh, so me and my girlfriend went up there and I wasn't even planning on playing really. I was just going to walk up the street with my pipes and have her videotape me. And that was it. Um, but there was a lot of people out. There's yeah. a lot of people out there and she's like, you have to play. You have to play. And people are like, Oh, are you going to play? You're going to play. And I'm like, uh, well, I hadn't warmed up the pipes. I hadn't tuned anything up yet. And I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be an absolute nightmare. Um, so I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'll play. Walked up the street a little bit, struck into pipes, started playing, and it sounded like you were killing a cat. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. The chanter was squealing and squawking, and it was just absolutely atrocious. And then, so uh, Marty, my girlfriend, she had gotten a video feed for that, that what she needed. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I need to stop. This is just absolutely atrocious. I can't do this anymore. People are going to be, like, screaming. And then people are like, oh, you got to play more, play more, play more. So I took the, I took the, I, I, I shot in the dark, you know, it doesn't always work, but I, I took the channer out and I stuck the, the channer end where the reed is in my mouth and just blew like hot air onto the channer yeah. itself for like a, a, a good, like 20 seconds. And then I plugged it back into the, the pipes real quick and struck in and it was just like perfectly in tune. So it, it just all fell together and i just started playing christmas tunes and other people videotaped it and uh, uh, a girl Brittany eliza uh took some good shots and some good video of it as well and she put it out and uh secret nyc picked up her posts on it and it just like blew uh, up and we got like nine views on the video and it was just yeah crazy. i mean it's, awesome. it's- it's very cool. It looks even if you're, you know, if even if you stayed out of tune the entire time, the look of it was very atmospheric. <laughs> so you pulled it off. Uh, it was very cool. Yeah, my fingers were frozen. Though. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was a, it was an interesting. Yeah, suffer was, for your art. It was fun, know? but it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> suffer for it. Yeah. You know, and so do other people too. But that's okay. <laughs> so you come, you 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 found your Scottish history fairly late on in life. You then picked up the bagpipes, and then. All of a sudden, you are the the president, and and the full title is like the president of the New York Tartan National Tartan Day New York Committee. Thank you. Yes, it's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah it is a mouthful. The name of the committee is a mouthful. I didn't come up with the name. It started uh, back in two thousand and two or no, two thousand and three. It was it was organized. Um, I was not around. I was not involved. So basically, when I started picking up the pipes, I found a pipe band down in Jersey who taught bagpipes for free you join their band they teach you how to play for free st brendan navigator pipes and drums down at point pleasant great bunch of guys uh they really started me off in my piping career uh i still play with them once in a while i go down there because they're you know they're all the way far from me now but I, when i was living down in jersey it was easy to play with them um they had a few people that came up here into tartan week to do the parade and i had never heard of it so i followed them up here and and walked in the parade and marched with them playing a little bit. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I need to see what this is all about. And I had gone to a, uh, a music festival in February called the uh, Celtic Fest Nas, which was put mm-hmm. in, put on by the Britney's uh, group, like the French Celtic group, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I met a lady there, Leslie Denninger. She was the chief of the New York Caledonian club at the time. And I was in kilt and everything. And she asked me, um, why are you not a member of the New York Caledonian Club? And I said, well, that's a good question, probably because I didn't know you existed. So I joined the club a year later. uh, I was uh, put on the board of directors of the club because I wanted to volunteer. I wanted to help out. 
and then being on the board of directors, uh, the current treasurer decided he was going to step down and, and take a break. Uh, and they were like, hey, Kyle, do you want to be treasurer? And I'm like, oh, sure, why not? So that was um, nine years ago. And I've been oh. treasurer ever since at New York Caledonian Club. And That's then uh, it was six, six years ago, uh, Leslie Denninger was the not the chief of the New York Caledonian Club anymore, but she was the representative on the National Tartan Day New York Committee of the New York Caledonian Club. And she was running the Tartan Day Parade. She was the president of the parade and she was handling all that. And then uh, Alan Bain, who's the was the then chairman of the American Scottish Foundation, was president. And Leslie was the treasurer. And Leslie got elected chief again of the Caledonian Club and said to me, do you want to represent the club on the turn on the tartan day committee and i'm like yeah sure why not i'll do nice. that i've been i've been working with her over the past year and a half or so uh doing things for uh, the tartan day committee anyway and i'm like yeah i can i can do that so i went in as the treasurer of the tartan day committee and then the following year got elected president wow nice i mean that's a meteoric <laughs> rise as they would say <laughs> right and it's all like it, it all started with picking up a, a set of bagpipes well, uh, and so with that, you have been helping organize the, the parades themselves and, uh, you know, are part of Tartan Week and then you have the yeah. parades down, is it 6th Avenue? Yep, yep, 6th Avenue, 44th to 55th. So last year you had to go virtual because of the whole COVID situation. Um, but previous years, you know, when you have people actually out there, what kind of numbers do we see in terms of bands, people marching, people turning up? Do you have... Any idea of that? Yeah, sure. Um, typically, a typical year over the past five years, we've had anywhere between 20,000 and 30,000 spectators Wow, on, on the sidelines. That's numbers we get from NYPD. They have their way of counting. I don't know how they count it, but that's what they give us. That's the numbers they tell us. We've had anywhere from 1,500 up until 2019, where we had 3,000 marchers. Like people Jeez, marching, peeps. full people marching in the That's parade. Insane. Yeah. Um, usually about 40 organizations come. We get about 30 pipe bands, which people are like, oh, 30 pipe bands. That's not that's not too bad. But I give people these stats because when you when you compare them to other parades, like uh, St. Patrick's Day in New York City is a six hour long parade. It's yeah. like 70 blocks long. It's massive. In 2019, I was at their parade. They had 60 pipe bands in their parade for mm. a 70-block long parade yeah. with six hours long of, of people marching by. Our parade in 2019 is 10 blocks, 3,000 marchers, and we had 30 pipe bands. <laughs> so it's like group pipe band, group pipe band, group yeah. pipe band. It's like every other group is a pipe band. And it's, 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 for me, I think that's, that's massive. I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How do we take the Irish on and, uh, and beat them and just get bigger than them? Cause that's ultimately what we want to do here. <laughs> so <laughs> the way, the way I see it, I mean, we, we already have, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think there's a question in that because quite honestly, when you look and nothing against St. Patrick's day, you know, it's, I, I've been piping 
you know, uh, almost 10 years and marching in St. Patrick's Day parades every March. And it's like we do 11 parades in the month of March because, you know, everyone wants to have pipe bands in their parades. So they have to spread it out throughout the entire month. They can't just mm-hmm. do it all on St. Patrick's Day. But when you look at it, um, for, for, for my eyes, and I've talked to some friends uh, of uh, who are Irish and they love their St. Patrick's Day. Typically, when you go to St. Patrick's Day parties, there's a lot of people that are just like, wearing green and and drunk falling in the streets and puking their faces because they're just yeah. like you know they're not really celebrating St. Patrick's Day it's a it's a it's a binge day where people get smashed and and act a fool and start fights and it's just an absolute mess where tartan week we have a week of celebration we have a lot of cultural events that happen throughout the week we do a lot of fun stuff and you will be hard pressed to find somebody shit faced on the ground puking their brains out at Tartan week. Cause everyone is just really having a good time and enjoying everything that's happening. And they're in, go, in embracing the culture and doing all the cultural activities that we have during Tartan week. And yeah. people aren't there to be Scottish for a day. They're there to celebrate <laughs> what Scotland is and what Scottish immigrants have done to help build this country. It's so in my eyes, I think we have beaten St. Patrick's Day parade in that aspect. Like we, we don't have uh, a big click following of people that just come out and put tartan on just for the sake of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want any part timers is what you're saying. We want people that are. No. Yeah. We want, we want people to celebrate Scotland for, for Scott, celebrate Scotland and the, the uh, unique connection between Scotland and America and, and celebrate that and just be happy that, you know, the Scots are really behind America and they love this country. And But and, I, I would assume, though, you wouldn't discourage anyone from uh, getting involved if they didn't have any Scottish heritage or they, they were Scottish no, themselves. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. We have plenty of people that are involved that volunteer just because they love what we do. They're not Scottish. They just love what we do. And I, I like I can couldn't agree more with everything you just said. I, I love that idea that it's the you know more refined version of the two of them. As much as you know, we we like to take the piss out of our Irish cousins, but the we we love them dearly. But uh, of course, yeah, I like the idea how we're the more cultured cousins, certainly the more intelligent ones. You know, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think honestly, if you if you talk to like the Irish that are really there celebrating St. Patrick's Day, they also hate the amount of people that come out and just like throw green on yeah. for a day to be Irish for a day. They can't stand that either, but that's just what America has done to St. Patrick's day celebrations, honestly. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can totally uh, appreciate and sympathize with that. Yeah. But one of the, the cool things that we seem to have in the, the Tartan day parade is the celebrity grand marshals that you have. And, yeah. you know, you've had the likes of, you know, Sean Connery, yeah. Billy Connolly, you yeah. had Kevin McKidd, who we spoke about in our yeah. train sparring episode, which is coming out this week. He was, or, he was great. Kevin McKidd was fun. He actually had a red eye flight from California he was filming Grey's Anatomy and got on a plane, flew red eye over to New York, got back to his hotel room, took a shower, put on his outfit, marched in the parade, did the things all day long. Then at night, like we were finishing up like two o'clock in the morning, he was getting in a limo and heading off to the airport to fly wow. back to California. Like the man didn't wow. sleep. It's it was dedication. Great. 
That is... Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Yeah. So who's who would you say has been your favorite so far? If you had to pick one. Oh. <laughs> That's see, that's a difficult question because I mean, I had a great time with Kevin McKidd. He was fantastic. Uh, Brian Cox is always yeah. amazing. Brian Cox has been so supportive of our organization and what we do over the years. He's just such a a, a gem of a guy. You know, he's just yeah. really amazing. Um, Tommy Flanagan was absolutely mm-hmm. like he came out and did everything came to every event read at brian park did the like the kaylee the night before came to the post parade party the he was just everywhere taking pictures of people signing autographs like just doing everything he didn't care he was fully engulfed um billy Connolly, obviously a legend yeah. you know like you can't beat billy and honestly with billy Connolly. Uh, our our parade spectators nypd estimated we had fifty thousand for billy Wow. which is just twice what we typically would have. Yeah. It was just jam packed. It was, it was really cool. I mean, he's just a hero. Absolute yeah. He, hero. He's an absolute legend. Uh, and what a great guy, what a humble, humble, great guy he was. He was just so uh, moved by the whole uh, event. And uh, Katie Tunstall was just beyond amazing. Mm-hmm. She was just so, so fun and great. And she got on stage and she sang at the after party without mm. any like prompting. She's like, Hey, do you have a guitar? I want to get up there. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll get you a guitar. No problem. <laughs> you know, was, uh, she was fantastic. She was awesome. So it's like a- a- every grand marshal we get, I think really embraces uh, everything that's happening and they just, they just love it and they take it in. So it, I just I don't I don't have like a, a single favorite, you know. I just yeah. they're all just amazing. You got anyone on your wish list that you'd like to get as a grand marshal? Yeah, I got lots of people on my list. I got my my wish list is long. I, who's your white whale? Who's who, <laughs> who's top of that list? Who's the top of that list? Honestly, I, I think it would be the people that we haven't been able to get right just yet. So we have um, you and McGregor. We've asked a few times. Yeah, and it just hasn't worked out. He, I he'd think be, he'd be he'd be, he'd be amazing. Um, James McAvoy, we'd asked yes. a couple times, uh, hasn't worked out with him yet either. Um, Annie Lennox, we've asked oh, a few yeah, times. Yeah. Annie, Annie would be uh, unreal. I think Annie would be amazing. Is Gerard Butler on that list? Uh, we've asked Gerard Butler a couple times as well. Uh, hasn't worked out with him either. He uh, he seems like he'd be up for it. Like you think, right? Seems right up his street. It, it yeah. Just like uh, I, and you know, I don't think it's a it's a matter of you know he's not up for it. I think it's a matter of timing. Honestly. Yeah. So uh, I don't. It just just hasn't worked out with him. I um, mean, he's busy saving the planet multiple times. Right. Week, he's so. off in like Cambodia doing like things. I'm like, wow, yeah. what are you doing now? Man, you're yeah. like everywhere. Right. Perhaps we could do a like Tartan Day has fallen type uh, thing and make it convince him that it's uh, convince him he's in a movie or something. There you go. Yeah, we could get him in there. I, I personally love Rose Leslie. I think she would be she yeah. would be brilliant. I like I like Rose Leslie a lot because you know uh, she has a very strong connection to her Leslie clan. Her father and brother are very much involved with the Leslies. And I, I, just, I think that's that's great. I think that's amazing that they have such a, a close connection with their clan and are very involved. So I think a, a great grand marshal. But I, again, have asked her a couple times. Just hasn't worked out timing yeah. with filming for her and stuff. It's just not. So I, I got a lot of people on my list. Yeah. It's a matter of you know who 
who can fit in their timing. You know, there's, and I, I def, definitely don't want to like uh, uh, make it sound like any one person has a higher yeah. uh, probability of being than, than the other or, or want than the other. It's a matter of timing. Who's not filming in April and can give us two or three days kind yeah. of thing, you know, and that's for, for people like actors and such, that's difficult to do. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So what is the plan for this year? Cause I know you went virtual last year. What is the plan for this year? Same. We're full on virtual again this year. Last year right. was a, a two week thing. I had like two and a half weeks to just throw it together real quick. And uh, I managed to put something off and, and with help from uh, Rachel McLagan from uh, flings and things out in, in Scotland, she's a, uh, the leader of the, the the troop out there, Highland Dance Troop, um, mm-hmm. she ended up getting 750 dancers from around the world to do a wow. little bit of choreography to a Red Hot Chili Pepper tune. And they all oh, danced. Amazing. And it was just, it was like a 45 minute long video. It was just ridiculous. She thought she would get like, you know, 50, 60 submissions, 750. It was insane. That's uh, amazing. But with help from her for last year, we got like a little, little, one day of celebrating going on and it was it was great i enjoyed it we had a lot of things from scott week in la was involved they did a lot of interviews mm-hmm. and stuff for us and posts um this year i have a lot more things happening throughout the week i have like 30 minute segments from people all around the world of uh that have scottish culture scottish heritage uh organizations stuff that want to just submit something to go to, to, to celebrate tartan week a little bit so it's going to be like a week long stuff and then on saturday the 10th there'll be main the main events happening like all day long excellent and so how i guess yeah two 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 questions like how do you get involved and you know if if you're not scottish if you're somebody that's just you know happens to be interested in the culture or just happens to be kind of sees it come across their desk or whatever like why why would you get involved I think people get involved with us more than just a regular volunteer organization uh, because they're promoting a heritage or promoting a, um, a lifestyle of, of how people uh, do things here with the Scottish diaspora in New York. Um, I have volunteers that, that do stuff for us that are not Scottish. Uh, mm-hmm. They just, they love what we do during Tartan week and they have a great time at all the events. And uh, I have some friends that, that volunteer for me. They know like, you they're like, we know you, you love this stuff and we would love to just volunteer to help organize all these things so that during the week, you're not running around crazy trying to make sure it happen. You can actually enjoy some of this as well. So we have people that just volunteer oh, just nice. so they know that, that how much we love it and they want to help so that we don't have to miss any of it. But getting involved is easy. You can, you know, if you want to, you don't have to volunteer for a Tartan Day Committee. There's other organizations, St. Andrew's Society, New York Caledonian Club, American Scottish Foundation. Uh, they're all Scottish organizations here in the city that are always looking for volunteers. Um, the New York Caledonian Club is open to the world. It's one of their, their motto is they're open to the world. You don't have to be Scottish to belong yeah. to the New York Caledonian Club. All you got to do is just love Scotland. And who doesn't love Scotland? <laughs> exactly. That's what we're trying to tell everybody. Yeah, look, I, I I think what we're gonna do is put the websites on the the details uh, of the the podcast itself. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we get great. a lot of listeners who obviously have Scottish heritage from around the world, a lot in America, but also a lot that are just interested in the culture. So I think that's kind of 
great what you're saying that it's just that celebration of what Scotland has brought to the world and to America and just enjoying if you happen to like the sound of bagpipes or you like a Kaylee or whatever. So that's yeah, very I mean, cool. who doesn't like a Kaylee? I mean, oh my God. The yeah, dancing, right. The drinking, the eating, the oof. No, it's, I know exactly. It's a good fun. Anything else? Anything else you want to mention to, to everybody? Make sure um, that they're just, aware you know, of. Uh, plug. Our, our, our everything that we have uh, for social media is NYC Tartan Week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, website is nyctartanweek.org. Uh, just you know, come out and celebrate. It's it's you don't have to be Scottish. Just love Scottish, love Scotland. Well, look, that's brilliant. Really, really appreciate the time. And I know your main day is going to be Tuesday the 6th, right? Well, so Tartan Day is April 6th. Uh, Our main day is going to be the 10th. The 10th is on Saturday. Uh, So we have everything happening throughout the entire day uh, because it's Saturday. Last year, I did it on Tartan Day because everyone was sent home. Nobody was working. Everybody was like, what are we going to do for the next like month of covid so everyone was just sitting around so i just did it on tartan day but yeah right so you're so then this year you're gonna have like the virtual event on the 10th all throughout it starts on the 6th goes to the 10th the main thing's happening on the 10th awesome all right cheers kyle that was brilliant yeah thanks man it's good to meet you hopefully uh maybe we'll see you uh sometime between now and 2022 and then you gotta come out in 2022 you should do like a live kind of walk around podcast during 2022 absolutely love that yeah that would be amazing that'd be that would be perfect we'd love to do that yeah awesome all right kyle thank you very much all right man have a good talk to you yeah you too have a good rest of the day okay take care have a good one Cheers, bye. bye Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a couple more things. Please don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other podcasting apps. You can email us at thisldonicelypod at gmail.com. Visit the website thisldonicelypod.com. Visit us on Twitter at thisldopod. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore loves hugs and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod.